It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to a Wednesday. Welcome into Hump Day. Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. Tony Burke is not here today. Hopefully, he'll be in Friday. Ed Peak will come in studio and join me tomorrow as we head toward another big college football weekend. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 384-1450, 502-384-1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, Thornton's text line, open as it always is, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 502-414-1450. Hit up the show at that number with your text, 414-1450. All right, we got Major League Baseball divisional round started yesterday. It, we are dead in the middle of college football season. We are about a third of the way, a little more than a third of the way through NFL season. But the big story today, of course, and Matt touched on it in his show, is college basketball. Because Kentucky and Indiana might play again. Yay! Tell me when they're scheduled. I don't care about these rumors, these uh, source-related reports. John Rothstein CBS Sports, very reliable, says that Kentucky and Louisville are in advanced discussions, Kentucky and Indiana, I should say, are in advanced discussions on a multi-year series. I hope they do. It makes it better, win or lose. I don't care who wins. I don't care who loses. It makes the game better, right? You can talk all you want about John Calipari doesn't schedule road true road games. Well, Mike Shashevsky didn't have a true road game at Duke for 10 years. Nobody said anything. When you are the elite, then you can schedule any way you want. If you don't want to play the team across the river, then you don't have to. If you're Duke, you have a built-in rivalry with North Carolina in your conference. All right? If Indiana was in the SEC or if Kentucky was in the Big Ten, they'd play at least once a year. But they don't have that. You don't have to play who you don't want to play. And you can jump down John Calipari's throat for canceling the series when he did. I get that if you're an Indiana fan. You won the game, the Christian Watford game. You lost the same year in the uh, postseason to Kentucky, who went on to win the national championship. Each fan base gets to yell at the other one about each of those events happening. And that's fun. And I hope they do play. I hope they play every year for the rest of my life. Because it's fun and it makes college basketball great. But I don't blame anybody for not wanting to play. Indiana wanted to play at home. Kentucky didn't want to play in Bloomington anymore. Kentucky wanted to play uh, in Louisville and Indianapolis. Indiana said, no, we don't want to do that. You get a home game in Louisville, we get a, a neutral site game in Indianapolis. I understand that. I hope they play. I, I, want, I want to go to those games. I want to watch those games. Everybody wants to see those games. And according to Rothstein, there will be on-campus games and there will be neutral site games, which means Kentucky will play in Assembly Hall, 
Indiana will play in Rupp Arena. Kentucky will play in Indianapolis, and and Indiana will play in Louisville or Pikeville, where uh, or Pineville or wherever Big Blue Madness is this year. I'm fine with it. They can go play in Seattle for all I care. They can play in London. Kentucky's playing Michigan in London. Kentucky and Duke, for that matter, like to play non-conference neutral site games against top opponents. They don't want to go on the road. Carolina's different. Carolina is a blue blood as well, but they do go on the road in their own state, out of conference, against non-Power 5 opponents. Roy Williams has a history of doing this. He'll play these teams. He doesn't care. It's a difference in philosophy. Calipari wants to bring in cupcakes and abuse them in Rupp Arena and have a bad home schedule that the season ticket holder doesn't appreciate, then that's what he does. That's what he does. You get teams that you may or may not have ever heard of coming to Rupp Arena. That's what he does. Home schedule this year for Kentucky. And I'm not going to include the two exhibition games. Howard, Duquesne, South Carolina State, North Florida, Bellarmine, Yale, Florida A&M, Louisville. That's it. Out of conference, that's it. Until January 28th, when in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, Kansas comes to town. That's it. Middle of January, middle of the conference season. I don't think he likes those games because it interrupts the conference season. He's never happy. He's never happy. He hasn't been happy since April of 2012 when Anthony Davis and those guys messed up his hair on the podium after the national championship season. These are the home games he wants to play. He doesn't want to play Indiana. He used to play North Carolina home and home. He doesn't want to play Big Ten teams. He doesn't want to play ACC teams. He plays Louisville because he has to. That was grandfathered in. He doesn't want to play Louisville. Now, he probably doesn't mind this year, but there are years he doesn't want to play Louisville. Neutral site games, Michigan State, Michigan in London, UCLA in the CBS Sports Classic. Those are what he wants. If I'm going to play a top 20 opponent, a power five school, I want to play them at my place or at a neutral site. Well, none of these teams are going to agree to come to your place one year and then play at a neutral site the next year. They don't have to. That's, that would be silly for them to agree to that. Gonzaga agreed to that. Neutral site in Spokane and then a game in Rupp Arena. But we quickly found out a few months later that, well, that wasn't the entire series. He is going to go to the kennel at Gonzaga in the last year of the contract. 
They're going to come to Rupp twice. He's going to go play Mark Few's team on their home court, a small gymnasium in 2029, I think it is. I have to look that up. Maybe 2027 or 8. I don't know. But he's not going to play them home and home one one game versus one game. It's not going to happen. And maybe Indiana it happens, but maybe not. Maybe we're going to see the same kind of six-game series. Maybe there's going to be two games in Rupp Arena, one game in Bloomington, and three neutral site games in a six-year cycle. And then Indiana fans can lose their mind again. They can lose their mind again. Because they're never happy with the situation with Kentucky. Because Indiana believes, and I understand this belief, I don't agree with it, but I understand it, they believe they are an elite program. There was a time that was true. They were a blue blood at one time. They're no longer elite. Are they going to win the Big Ten this year? Maybe. Because they got a lot of talent. They got a really good coach. They got a really good team. And they can win the Big Ten this year. Doesn't mean you're an elite program. It doesn't. Tennessee or Florida could win the SEC. Doesn't mean they're an elite basketball program. It just doesn't. Somebody besides Kansas could win the Big 12. Doesn't mean they're an elite basketball program. And if this agreement is finally reached, according to John Rothstein of CBS Sports, they're in advanced discussions. Not just discussions, advanced discussions. I don't know what that means. That mean they've sat down more than twice? But if it comes to two games in Rupp and one game in Bloomington, at Simon Scott Assembly, Assembly Hall, then Hoosier fan is going to lose their mind again. And that's the news today. All right, I had a whole show planned to talk about the great baseball playoffs yesterday. College football weekend coming up. A lot of top teams on a bye, but some really great games this weekend. NFL, the Chiefs play the Bills this weekend. Maybe the two best teams in, in the NFL. A preview of the AFC championship game in all likelihood. But no, we have to get this news, and we have to lose our minds on both sides of the river. Indiana fan, well, it's about time. I don't know why they've been dodging us for 10 years. Snobs, noses up in the air, think they're better than everybody else. And then on this, the other side of the river, let's see, which side am I on right now? Dave, help me out. Oh, I'm on the Indiana side right now. The other side of the river is why are we playing them? Why would we go to Bloomington? I thought Cal said he would never go back to Bloomington. What's he doing? Why is he giving in to these Hoosiers? They're not, they're not, they're not us. Remember what they did to Anthony Davis's parents in Assembly Hall? And that's what he said. I'll never come back to this place. He lied to us. He must, he must be friends with Mike Woodson. He, he doesn't care anymore. You know what's going to happen? Same thing that's going to happen at Gonzaga. He's going to make these plans, and then when it's time to go to their place, he's going to step down, become the ambassador for Kentucky basketball, which is built in his contract. He can step away whenever he wants. 
and he's going to leave the new coach hanging with games at the Kennel and games at Assembly Hall. And where else is he going to go? Going to go to Cameron? Are we going to sign a six-year deal to go down to Cameron? He's going to go to Lawrence, Kansas every year instead of every other year in the uh, in the in the SEC Big Twelve battle. Cal's lost his mind. Okay, settle down. It's a regular season college basketball game. I think both teams proved in 2012 that game doesn't really mean a whole lot. You get to talk about it. Your fan base gets to crow if you win and sob if you lose. But Indiana won that game. Christian Watford hit that shot. ESPN still shows that shot. And it burns Kentucky fans' tail ends. They can't stand it. Kentucky went on to win the national championship that year. They beat Indiana in in a regional. The game doesn't matter in the scheme of things. A lot of these games don't matter in the scheme of things. The most important part of that game is at the end of the year, does it improve our seed because we won it? Does it hurt our seed because we lost it? That's it. That's what all of these games are about. Conference games mean a little more. Look, Kentucky's game against Vanderbilt means more than their game against Indiana. Indiana's game against Rutgers means more to their season than their game against Kentucky. That's the facts. That's the truth. Any coach will tell you that. Any conference game means more than a non-conference rivalry game. And it should mean more. Because it it you're playing for more than just that those bragging rights. Bragging rights are great among the fans. Coaches don't care. Tubby Smith couldn't have cared less if he won or lost to Louisville. That is part of the reason Kentucky fan turned on Tubby Smith. Tubby Smith is a great, great recruiter, terrific coach, won a whole lot of games, won a national championship. Oh, well, that was with Rick Pitino's players. Won a national championship, represented the university as well as any coach ever has. Ever. Fans turned on him. Why? Because he didn't care about those regular season matchups, whether it was Indiana, Louisville, anybody else outside of the SEC. He didn't care if he won or lost them. He wanted to win in March. He wanted to win conference games, conference championships, because those are more important. And he made no bones about it. He didn't blow smoke up your tail end and say, hey, this Louisville game is huge. You know, if we win this Louisville game, we can go 9-9 and in the SEC, and it doesn't matter because we beat Louisville. He knew that wasn't the truth. And he didn't lie to you about it. Mike Woodson understands this will be fun. You know, it's a game where you can put your name on the map. Hey, hey, we beat Kentucky. Or we beat Duke, or we beat Carolina, or we beat Kansas, or we beat UCLA, whoever it is. Those are nice games to have in your pocket. But when it comes down to it, it's more important to beat Nebraska and Rutgers and Penn State and Illinois and Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State. It's much more important to win those games. Much more. 
All right, I'm going to read this text verbatim um, without preview reading it. I like to preview read the text. I'm going to take a shot here. This is, look, I'm on a high wire doing this, and there's no net. Texter says, say that a little louder, that the IU regular season game doesn't matter for those fans and Scooter Dingus. UK won a championship that year, but didn't put those pictures from NOLA on popcorn boxes. All right. That's pretty funny. That's pre- uh, there's a popcorn box emoji, too. That's the point I'm trying to make. No matter who you play, no matter what the rivalry is, it doesn't matter in the long run if you don't get to the Final Four. I say this every year, and, and most people think it's a load of crap, quite frankly. The goal every season in college basketball, win your conference, get to the Final Four. That's it. If you win a national championship, that is what I like to call icing, right? That's icing on the cake. That's that's uh, you get those blue jeans out and you find an extra twenty when you when you're putting them in the washing machine. Hey, I didn't know I had that. That's a that's just an extra win. That's an extra win. Get to the final four because after that, it's it's a crapshoot. Ask Villanova versus Georgetown, nineteen eighty five. Ask NC State and Jim Valvano. Ask Duke, who avoided a half-court shot from uh, Gordon Hayward against Butler. It's an absolute crapshoot once you get there. Getting to the Final Four should just be the goal. That's it. If you win it, great. If you lose it, you know what? Got to another Final Four. Let's go out on the recruiting trail and use that to our advantage. Texture says, Tubby Smith went 8-2 and two versus Indiana. Great. You know why that's not important? You know why I know that is not critical? Because he still got run out of town. And I did not know that stat. I could have looked it up. I didn't know it because it's irrelevant. Here's what I know. The number of Final Fours Tubby Smith went to and the number of championships he won. That's it. That's it. Regular season games out of conference are just that. And it doesn't matter who you're playing. It doesn't. It's much sexier to play Indiana and Louisville than it is to play South Carolina State and North Florida. I'm more apt to to pay more attention to those games, but that's just as a fan. That's just the fandom. That's not that's not the reality. The only the only good thing that can happen that makes you, your eyebrows raise up is if you lose one of those games, like St. Peter's. Then you raise your eyebrows and go, whoa, what was that? But that wasn't a regular season game. Because even in the regular season, when they lost to Evansville and Walter McCarty, it was like, it was laughable. You laughed. You, you, you know, UK fan had nervous laughter. Oh, <laughs> we lost to Evansville. Wow. Long run. If they win the national championship, who cares? If they get to the Final Four, who cares who you lost to during the regular season? That's the reality. All right, let's take a break. I do want to talk baseball. I gave you all four winners yesterday. I'm not crowing, but I'm going to crow a little bit. Listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. 
Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage Highland is open, 502-384-1450, 384-1450. To join in on the conversation, Thornton's text line is open as well, 502-414-1450. Get your text in to the show at that number, 414-1450. Texter says, I once had a UK fan state about Tubby Smith. I don't care how many national championships he wins. If he doesn't beat Louisville, he has to go. Well, I remember Ohio State Michigan football. John Cooper. Now, this, you got to keep remembering, though, that the, the, they're in the same conference. John Cooper was the Ohio State football coach. He would go 9 and 2, 10 and 1 every year, but he couldn't beat Michigan. So they fired him. It, it happens. It's seemingly ridiculous. Seemingly ridiculous. If you go to Final Fours, Win a championship every every two or three you get to, every four you get to, but you're consistently winning conference championships, going in as a one or two seed, going to the final four, but you're losing to your non-conference arch rival every year. People lose their minds. What's more important? And remember when Cal said uh, the future of his players – and getting them to the league was more important than winning championships. Whew. I thought he was going to get run out of town for that. The problem is he had just won a national championship, so he could say whatever he wanted. And he consistently brings up the amount of billions of dollars that his former players are now earning in the NBA. By the way, speaking of the NBA, I know it's preseason. doesn't mean anything. Last night, Golden State, without Draymond Green, who was suspended. By the way, he'll be back Friday. He was uh, fine and no suspension. He'll be back Friday. He just left the team for a couple of days. What a joke. By the time uh, uh, Golden State beat Portland last night, 131 to 91-98. Insignificant, doesn't matter, preseason NBA. Once again, Shaden Sharp, who could have played at Kentucky last year but chose to not play because he was definitely coming back. Remember that? He had 17 points and nine rebounds for Portland. Off the bench, he was the leading scorer for the Trailblazers for the second game in a row. UK fan doesn't want to hear it. Now, it shouldn't matter to them, but they don't want to hear it. They are Shaden Sharp is not going to be welcomed back. He's not going to be welcomed back by the fan base because he could have played, and if he plays – do you lose to St. Peter's? Well, it's okay. He didn't play. He's coming back. He promised he's coming back. You can't come back if you're a top 10 draft pick. It's that simple. If you would rather win a game over your rival, non-conference rival, than go to the Final Four, your priorities are way out of whack. They're way out of line here. All right. Baseball was great yesterday. I, t- I tried to pick one team, not a home team, that was going to pull the upset. I picked the Phillies. I was right. Four for four on the picks yesterday. Now, Houston should not have won. They beat Seattle on a three-run walk-off homer in the ninth after getting a two-run homer in the eighth. They trailed 7-3 to three to the Mariners after seven innings. Came back and won. The Yankees and the Dodgers were easy predictions. The Yankees had Garrett Cole going. The Dodgers are the Dodgers against San Diego. 
Atlanta's in trouble here. Keep in mind, these are five-game series in the divisional series. They're five games, best of five. You don't have to win four out of seven. You only got to win three out of five. And because of the format and the way it is set up now, with three wildcard games on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you have to use your best pitchers in the wildcard round. The Phillies had to use Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. The Guardians had to use Shane Bieber and Trevor McKenzie, Tristan McKenzie. Seattle had to use Louis Castillo and Robbie Ray. And who am I missing? San Diego. They had to play three games. Uh, San Diego did to beat the Mets. They used Musgrove. They used U Darvish. And I'm missing, I'm missing one. But they used their top three pitchers. They used their top three. Now they had to pitch Mike Clevenger last night. And that's why it is so important in a five-game series for these higher seeds, Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, Braves, to win game one in these series. It's critical. Now, I'm not saying the Braves aren't going to come back and beat the Phillies in this series. Maybe they win the next three games. But they needed that win last night. The Braves had Max Fried going. The Phillies had Ranger Suarez, who's got the greatest name in baseball. And he only went three innings plus. Phillies jumped on Max Fried. They let it eight to or seven to one. The Braves had bases loaded in the first inning with one out, didn't score. Bases loaded in the third inning and didn't score. And Matt Olson, if he doesn't hit a three-run homer in the bottom of, in the uh, bottom of the ninth, that game's not close. But the Braves are in real trouble here now because now they get Wheeler tonight. Four thirty-five, by the way, today. Wheeler will pitch today, and on Friday after a day off, when they go to Philadelphia, Aaron Nola, the Braves' killer, will pitch. So Atlanta's all of a sudden in trouble. This this game one, unlike other seasons. Because of that wildcat format, these home teams need to, needed to win game one. Three of them got it done. One of them didn't. Nick Castellanos, the, the former Reds, by the way, in these playoffs, Reds fans shaking their head. Like, what, did, what are we doing? Louis Castillo's going to start for Seattle tomorrow. You got Brandon Drury playing a pivotal role in San Diego. You've got uh, Castellanos for the Phillies yesterday. Three for five, three RBIs, big hits. They walked Bryce Harper to get to Castellanos yesterday, and he delivered. He made a great catch in the ninth inning. He's not known for his defense to help preserve the 7-6 to six lead after the Olsen home run. Bryce Harper was three for three. He bunted his way on. Um, the Phillies used seven pitchers yesterday. Seven to get this win because Rob Thompson, the manager, when, when they were up seven to one and then it's seven to seven to three or seven to two, then it's seven to three. And you go to the, Oh man, you got to win this game. Unlike Seattle, they did hang on and win. Max Fried allowed six earned runs in three and a third innings. One of his worst performances of the season. 
They'll go today at 435. Wheeler against Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright had 21 wins. I expect the Braves to bounce back tonight. Maybe a low-scoring game here with Wheeler and and, uh, Wright. It's on Fox at 435, but Braves lose this one. Look out. I expect them to win tonight, though. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Braves in that one. They're the better team overall, and it you know it, they had a lot of hits. They had a lot of opportunities. They didn't take advantage of them. That won't happen again today. It's not going to happen a lot with this team. They're loaded. Dodgers beat San Diego late night. If you didn't stay up last night, five to three. They led it five nothing early. Uh, I said Clevenger had to get the start because San Diego had used all their studs already in the Met series. And uh, Julio Arias went for the Dodgers. Trey Turner, a home run in the first inning for the Dodgers. He was two for four with that home run. As I mentioned, they led it 5 nothing after three. The Dodger bullpen, which is the big question mark, went four innings, allowed three hits, no runs. Padres got all three of their runs in the fifth. Game two is 8-37 tonight. You Darvish for the Padres. Clayton Kershaw. For the Dodgers. Kershaw, by the way, is 13 and 12 in his postseason career with an ERA over four. He was 12 and 3 this year. Didn't he had a stint on the disabled list? 228 ERA. That game is on FS1 tonight, 837. Only two games, just the National League plays today. American League has a day off. I do expect the Dodgers to win again, although it wouldn't surprise me if San Diego evened up this series. As I mentioned, Clayton Kershaw. You never know what you're going to get. He's a box of chocolates in the postseason. He is a Forrest Gump box of chocolates. There is no telling what you're going to get. And you, Darvish, last time out against the Dodgers, he shut him out over seven innings. So he's capable. American League, uh, Houston, I mean, look, it's postseason baseball. Seven to three, the... Astros trailed after seven innings against Seattle. And then uh, Alec Bregman, a two-run homer in the eighth. Jordan Alvarez, first of all, two outs, nobody on, bottom of the ninth. You get a hit batsman, and you get a single from uh, Pena, Jeremy Pena. And then Scott Service, Seattle manager, brings in a starter to finish it off, lefty versus lefty, Robbie Ray, Cy Young winner from last season, comes in to pitch to Alvarez. I didn't understand the uh, pitch selection. Fastball, down the middle, fouled off. There's no way he's going to throw him another fastball, right? No way Robbie Ray, throw, throw a sweeping curve, see if he chases it, put one in the dirt. you still got a two-run lead here. Seven to five. Fastball, inner half, crushed. 116 miles an hour off the bat. 440-something up into the upper tank in Houston, and they walk it off. Jordan Alvarez. If if it weren't for Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani having great seasons, Alvarez would probably be your MVP. And that's the one guy, if you look at Houston's lineup, Altuve at the top, then you got Pena, you got Bregman hitting after it. Alvarez is the one guy you're not going to let beat you. It's like Judge in New York. He's the one guy we're going to pitch around. And Robbie Ray threw him two fastballs. Got away with one. 
didn't get away with the second. Uh, questionable managerial move. Seattle's bullpen's been pretty good most of the season. And Robbie Ray's a starter. He actually pitched um, game one, I believe. No, yeah, game one in that uh, Toronto series. So I don't understand why you brought him in in the first place, and I certainly don't understand the pitch selection to Jordan Alvarez. Justin Verlander was not good yesterday. Now, I mentioned it yesterday. His ERA, ERA was under one on the season, or under two, excuse me. He'd been great, 41 years old. Four innings, 10 hits, six earned runs. Didn't go well for Justin Verlander, but his team bailed him out. There is a star that you've never heard of in the make unless you follow the game. Julio Rodriguez for Seattle. I think he's 20. I think he just turned 20. Two for four yesterday, double, triple, three runs scored, two runs batted in. He leads off for the Mariners. Watch that game tomorrow. Watch this kid. He's unbelievable. Game two is tomorrow, 337. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. Louis Castillo, oh, there's another former Red. He will go to the mound against Framber Valdez for Houston, 17 and 6, 282 ERA. That game is on TBS. Astros have everything. They've got everything. Now, even if you pitch around Alvarez, they still got Bregman, Yuli Gurriel coming up. They got uh, Mancini, who they traded for Baltimore in the middle of the season, trade deadline. They picked up Trey Mancini. They're loaded, and their pitching is as good as anybody's, especially their starting pitching. That's why they're the favorites to win the American League. Uh, we'll talk about the Yankee game after the break. I got to get to a break. That and some more NBA news as well. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big A. Welcome back. Spears on Sports. Then about Eminem Cartage. John Spears in the studio. Last chance on the Eminem Cartage hotline, 384-1450. If you'd like to add to the conversation, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well. Get your last-minute text into the show with that number, 502-414-1450. Hockey began last night. I know you're not paying attention, but my New York Rangers beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 3-1 last night. I watched absolutely none of that. Zero. I was on the couch watching baseball all day and all night. I did go over to a, uh, a JV football game. Uh, got home just in time to catch the end of that Houston game, and I'm glad I did. Went to the doctor this morning. Had a doctor's appointment. A uh, physical. It's not good when you look like I do and you go in for your physical. Because you get that look from the doctor. You're just here for a physical today, right? Yep. Well, this is not going to go well for you, Mr. Spears. Okay. <laughs> At least I didn't get the, I don't know how to put this, Dave. My blood work was so good last time, which was uh, August, that I had to go in for something. My blood work was so good that we didn't have to delve into anything. Is that a good way to put it? We didn't have to, yeah, Dave's giving me the signal over there on the other side of the glass. I don't know how to say it. All, all I'll say is I left there happy that I wasn't probed. How about that? 
I left there happy. And he told me the same thing he always tells me. I go into the doctor for these checkups or if I'm having some sort of issue, and you go in and you, you go check in and you pay your copay. Now, I didn't have a copay today. I didn't know this, but my insurance is such that if it's just a physical, I don't have to have a copay, which shocked me. I didn't even realize it. Maybe that's maybe I should go get have more physicals. But when I go in, usually what happens is you check in, they take your twenty or thirty dollar copay, whatever it is, and you go into the doctor's into the exam examination room. I tell my doctor this every single time. I know I need to lose weight. If you don't have anything else for me, then I want my copay back. I tell him that every time. He laughs knowingly because he knows I'm not getting my copay back. How you feeling? I feel great. Losing any weight? Well, your nurse just weighed me, so you know the answer to that question. I, you're trying to get me to purge, perjure myself here. No, I haven't lost any weight. Yes, I'm back on sodas. <laughs> well, uh, what are we going to do about that? That's, what, that's a great question. What are we going to do about that? And I look at him and I say, I'm going to do the same thing I told you last year. Nothing. I'm happy with my life. <sighs> okay. So that was my day today. I need a nap. 7.30 appointment. I, I usually don't get out of bed till 9. I had a 7.30 appointment today. Got to get a nap before these baseball games start back up today. All right, Yankees beat Cleveland last night. Again, it's, it's one of those games where the Yankees are starting their ace, Garrett Cole. The Guardians are starting their number three starter, Cal Quantrill, because Tristan McKenzie and Shane Bieber had to pitch in the wild card round. Just like the other three games, got to win this game if you're the, the, the favorite, if you're the home team, because your ace is going against their number three pitcher. And if you lose that game, which the Braves did yesterday, you could be in trouble. Baseball. You're only as good as the next day's starting pitcher. And the Braves have a pretty good second pitcher in Kyle Wright. But the Phillies are coming back with Wheeler. And we talk about this all the time. It is better off to be fighting for a playoff spot at the end of the regular season than it is to be coasting after you've already clinched your spot. Like the Astros did, like the Dodgers did, like the Yankees did. Now, the, the Braves didn't really coast. Because they had to fight all the way up until the last weekend, the last four or five games of the season to secure their spot at the top of the National League East. The Mets, you can say they blew it. You can say the Braves took it away from them. Whatever way you want to look at it, they were still playing hard at the end of the year. Dodgers, Yankees, Houston, they were kind of cruising. Houston looked yesterday like a team that was cruising, but they found it at the end. The Yankees, they hit home runs, they strike out, they walk. That's what they do. They were lucky yesterday because they had the race going. And Garrett Cole looked like the $42 million pitcher that he is yesterday. Six and a third innings, four hits. Gave up a solo home run to Stephen Kwan. He struck out eight in his six and a third innings. He was a stud. He's supposed to be the stud. Anthony Rizzo hit a two-run homer. Harrison Bader hit a solo home run. There's three of the four Yankee runs. Aaron Judge, by the way, 0 for 3 with a walk 
and a strikeout. He did score a run after the walk on the Rizzo homer. Cleveland, by the way, is not a team that hits a lot of home runs. They don't. They are first to third, hit behind the runner, don't make mistakes, don't strike out, move the runner, they'll bunt, sack fly. That's how they usually score their runs. Do you know what they've done in the postseason? They won 2-1 to one in game one against uh, Tampa Bay on a two-run homer. They won one to nothing in 15 innings against Tampa Bay on a 15th inning walk-off home run. And their only run last night was a Stephen Kwan home run. Cleveland has scored four runs in three games all via the home run. And they are not that team. So give Garrett Cole credit. He kept them for the most part off the bases. He didn't allow them to steal a lot of bases or... Uh, Ahmad Rosario stole a base and went to third on a bad throw at one point, but Cole stranded him there. I still like Cleveland's chances in this series. I do. But when you're down one nothing in a five-game series, usually doesn't turn out your way. Game two is uh, tomorrow, uh, 7.37 on TBS, Shane Bieber. Best pitcher on the Cleveland staff, although I would argue Tristan McKenzie's the best pitcher. Now, it's apples and oranges. They they're both great. You know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Either either guy, in my opinion, really good. But the number one for Cleveland is Shane Bieber. He'll go against Nelson Cortez, who was the best pitcher in the regular season for the Yankees. Garrett Cole is the Money man, he was great last night. The best pitcher for the Yankees in the regular season was Nestor Cortez. 12-4, 244 earned run average in the regular season. That's a game I look forward to tomorrow night. That's a game that is going to interrupt Thursday night football, Commanders versus Bears. I don't know if I'll even turn that that stinker on. I I just don't know. But in any event, Bob Costas, Ron Darling on the call. That was that was glorious last night. Uh, John Smoltz is calling the Brave series. And you could tell John Smoltz was not happy about what was happening to his his beloved Atlanta Braves in that Phillies game yesterday. You could tell. I mean, I understand it. You pitched almost your entire career for the Braves. You're a Hall of Famer. You were a starter, then you were a closer. He's got a certain affinity for his team, and I get that. But as a professional baseball announcer in a in a uh, nonpartisan playoff game, you're supposed to keep it down the middle. He tried. He did. He tried hard. He said some really nice things about the Phillies. But, boy, you could tell who John Smoltz was pulling for. You could. And you're not supposed to be able to tell, right? You're just not. This is not local TV. This is not the Yes Network with Michael Kay and David Cohn and Paul O'Neill cheering for the Yankees. Or Barry Larkin on on Bally Sports Ohio cheering for the Reds. It's not. This is national TV. You're supposed to be nonpartisan. And I like John Smoltz. I think he does a great job. It was killing him yesterday that the Braves were losing. It was killing him. Uh, But he'll be on the call again today for Braves Phillies. But if you want to hear some terrific baseball Television, play-by-play and analysis. Tomorrow night, Yankees, Guardians, 
Bob Costas and Ron Darling. Great. Absolutely great. Speaking of the Reds, I got a text from the Todd father today, my buddy, saying that, uh, let me find it because I don't want to screw it up because that's what I do. Bet MGM, one of the biggest names in sports betting, will have its sports book open year-round at Great American Ballpark starting in January. Currently, the only other MLB stadium with its own sports book is Nationals Park in the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Todd Father said, yes, another reason, or the biggest reason maybe, to support and go see the Reds. I could not agree more. I did not get to a Reds game this season. Uh, and I usually go to at least one a year. Usually one a year. All right. Usually that's that's not just the average. That's pretty much set in stone. Once a year, go up, see the Reds. By the time I go, it's the middle of the summer and tickets are cheap because they're out of it already. Uh, but if they've got a sports book on the premises, <laughs> oh, ooh. I know I only have to drive across to Indiana to bet the games. I get that. But if I get to go to GABP, maybe eat dinner in downtown Cincinnati, go to the sports book, bet all the games, and then go watch the Reds in GABP, sign me up. I'm all in. That's going to be a weekly thing next year. Dave, I, I need some – do you going to give me some gas money? I'm going to the Reds games next year. Ooh, yikes. All right, college football this weekend. There are six top 25 teams on a bye, including number two, Ohio State. UCLA, Oregon, Wake Forest, Kansas State, Cincinnati, all on a bye as well, along with your beloved Louisville Cardinals. So uh, you would think maybe not a great slate of games. Well, you would be wrong. This is an absolutely fantastic week of college football coming up. Number three, Alabama at number six, Tennessee. I mentioned this yesterday. Tennessee's 40 to one to win the national championship. What does that number drop to if they drop Alabama this weekend? Now, I don't think they will. All right. For the record, Alabama's a seven and a half point favorite. I don't think they lose, I don't think they play like they did two weeks in a row, like they played last week. Uh, Nick Saban, it's probably not going to be fun in practice this week. But it is a road game against a Tennessee team with Hendon Hooker that's been really, really good. They've been really good. And they were impressive again last week in that win at LSU. At LSU, I, I stress. So that's a good one, uh, 3.30 on CBS. Noon on Fox, Penn State, Michigan, number 10 against number 5. I, I think Michigan wins this game. I like Michigan. They're seven-point favorite. Penn State's coming off a bye week. Penn State is coming off of a bye week. It does matter in college football. 15th-ranked NC State at 18th-ranked Syracuse. Never thought this would be a big game, but it is. USC at Utah. Uh, Mississippi State at Kentucky are the other top 25 matchups. And former Cardinals... Opponent James Madison is ranked 25th. I failed to mention that yesterday. See you tomorrow with Ed Peak. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.